And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast, the podcast we do in our 30s to fix what we learned in our 20s. I am your co-host, Stephen, and joining me today, as always, and like every episode before this one, I am joined by the lovely, the wonderful, Kyle Ridding. That was my crowd impression, but it just sounded like silent screaming. Yeah. I was like, it's been wow, a while man. Since I heard that. You yeah, know? you know, we, we do live podcasts now. It's crazy. We, we're yeah. selling out stadiums. It's insane what's very, happening. Last very week. small, very small stadiums, but yeah. they're stadiums nonetheless. <laughs> yes, yeah. we had the opportunity to sit down with our good friend Cody Liska this week and have a yeah. different style of format for our podcast. Yep. How do you think it went? I, you know, actually, I was a little nervous going into. It. I think I even say that on the podcast. Like, I'm, I'm a little nervous because we've never done an interview before, um, and so yeah. it was kind of like an interesting, different experience as far yeah. as like the podcast. Because the podcast for seventy plus, almost like we're talking maybe almost a hundred episodes um, with the Fix Yourself Fridays we did for several months and and the regular podcast. It's just been me and you. It's true. But it was time to bring in some new blood. Yeah. You know, sometimes people were saying, guys, you two are way too interesting. Like, <laughs> you know what? We need to, like, pump the brakes yeah. and save some of that magic for, you know, every other week. Yeah. And so we took your advice, and that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so so Cody Liska, if you're not familiar, he is uh, an amazing entrepreneur uh, mogul. I would give him, yeah, I would say mogul status because he's got so much going for him. Uh, when he, you know, he started Crude Magazine, he now does the podcast Crude Conversations and uh, also partners with the Anchorage Museum up here in Alaska, uh, podcast Chattermarks. So this guy's doing a lot and he calls himself and he'll say it in the interview, an independent journalist. And, you know, he is actually like one for kind of, he wants to grow a podcast community here in Alaska. And so he started this um Facebook messaging group chat. And so every every once in a while, you know, they try to, um, Cody tries to like wrangle everybody up. Hey, hey let's have a Zoom call. And so that kind of got in our heads like, you know, this guy's doing cool stuff. He, you know, we, we I've been listening to his podcast for a while and I was like, he might be a good person to interview. And so we just shot him a message and then lo and behold, Cody was more than ecstatic. And I, uh, I think I'm in love with him now, you know? I know. You, you got to tell Alicia, you know what? I found somebody. I'm sorry. Uh, I know but, we just got married, but it's uh, weird. I you know, found somebody but I else. Just, I love. I love him. I love. I know. Him. And I, I think, get it. I think in it's kind of cool because we've never met him in real life. Never. We've only chatted through like Facebook Messenger or literally uh, through computer screen. Um, and so this was actually we recorded this interview was our first time talking to him. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. 
Well, welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast, Cody Liska, the the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the crude empire, <laughs> like the king. Thank you, Cody, for joining us today, man. Our first interview, first interview, it's you. I'm, I feel privileged. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Let's jump in right off the deep end, right into the the, the deep water, deep waters. <laughs> Um, so basically, we gave a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do already, but let's go a little bit more in depth of what you do and um, maybe a little bit of how old you are, because we're both in our 30s and the, the whole tagline is the podcast we do in our 30s to fix what we learned in our 20s. And so maybe mm-hmm. how old you are and we'll go from there. Yeah, so I am 34 years old and... Spoiler alert, I was um, ecstatic to turn 30. I remember this this wave of calm just overcame me. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was like, um, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but it's arthritis. I was so, what's that? It's arthritis. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. The, my it was back. Back pain. hurts yeah. so bad. <laughs> no, it's funny that you say that because I was telling my buddy who literally just turned thirty on a trip that we were on, and I was like, I was so excited to hit thirty because my uncle, who I look up to, he's like a professor, and he was like, I don't give you guys your generation. Uh, I don't like when you're eighteen. Like, I don't give you guys till that. I give you guys till thirty to start figuring things out because mm-hmm. really it takes you that long with college and everything and so basically since i was like early 20s i looked at 30 as like okay i'm gonna have stuff at least closely figured out and here i am (laughs) still trying to figure it out but it was still like a i made it i did it you know we're here so i get that i totally get that i don't think i had anything planned or wasn't expecting anything to feel differently when i turned 30 but i just knew that my 20s were over and that I didn't have to like suffer through any of that anymore. Yeah. And and I'm still trying to make sense of what it means to be 30, but I know it feels much better than 20. Oh yeah. For me personally, uh, my hangovers last longer, and oh, so yeah. I just don't do them anymore, and it feels a lot better. Yeah. So that feels way nice. better. Coffee though. Coffee. Oh, God. You know what? <laughs> you. How many cups a day are we at? Um, I do a, uh, a cup of espresso in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I do maybe another cup and then I, I do tea. So I worked with this guy at Anchorage printing. His name was Corbin and he had worked at ADN for like 16 years and just like real, uh, had been in the, the graphic design business forever in Alaska. So it was always fun talking to him, but his, his um, formula throughout the day was he has a cup of coffee in the morning and then the rest of the day he has tea. And I, I've been doing that oh. because then you, you're you not like shaky when you're going to bed. Corbin's got the secret of life. Yeah. What kind of, Shout tea, out to Corbin. What kind of tea is it though? <laughs> like, a, like a low caffeine tea or? I think... Yeah, it's not like herba mate. It's it's. Okay. Uh, I think it's just a black tea. I mean, that's yeah. what I like. Like English breakfast sometimes. Yes. I mean, that's okay. going to be lower than a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I did that. Uh, shout out to English breakfast too, because I do that as well, <laughs> man. So good yeah. shit. Uh, so so you have the crude empire. 
right? There's a lot going on. You have the Patreon. You have a podcast. You have multiple podcasts. Um, tell kind of everybody who may not know. Uh, so our listeners are, are are both our moms. Um, so just tell our moms <laughs> what you do uh, on a daily basis. Walk us through a day, maybe. Well, first off, shout out to both your moms. Yeah, so that yes. they'll like that. Yeah, I'm gonna get a text from her saying that Cody is a sweetie pie. <laughs> Who's that handsome fellow you had on the podcast? <laughs> How did you? Is he your new friend? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's cute. <laughs> yeah, so crude is about helping to preserve and define Alaskan cultures, and it started out as a physical magazine. We did about four issues, not about exactly four issues. <laughs> There's like four and a half issues out there. No, we did we did exactly four issues that served as time capsules of cultures in Alaska. Hmm. So That's there's cool. issue two that's called Slope Rich that that kind of detailed or explored um seasonal itinerant work in Alaska. There's issue three, Arrogant Minds, that explores the hip-hop slash like urban art culture in Alaska. And then issue four, Legacy, explored the snow and skate culture in Alaska. And so after those issues, I was planning a fifth issue and I kind of had this like epiphany Um as an independent journalist, especially a print journalist, it's it's pretty tough. You know, these aren't the days of yeah. Joan Didion anymore. Yeah. So you can't make like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars off New Yorker articles. And so I was like, okay, how do I bummer. make a living? Yeah, <laughs> bummer. Um, but I couldn't make a, a livable wage, you know, doing... Um, I don't even know, like a, like a 6,000 article for vice for like 400 bucks, you know, mm. like that, that's not, that's not sustainable. No way. And so it kind of hit me like I'm already, I've already been recording my journalistic interviews since college. And I'm like, well, I wonder if I just put those out. And then funny enough, I'm like, Oh wait, that's called a podcast, <laughs> you know? Mm. And so, <laughs> so that's what I started doing. And so I, I kind of just fell into it. So, I mean, I guess technically I'm a podcaster, but I always just consider myself an independent journalist. Oh, that sounds right. so much cooler. <laughs> I feel like podcasters every, getting watered down. Yeah, say I feel like everybody and their mom. Shout out to moms again, but everybody and their yep. mom is a podcaster. So independent journalist sounds way cooler. I gotta ask a question though: Why only four uh, issues? Oh, uh, because working with uh, so many different people. There's just so many different moving parts. So yeah. the photographers, the the writers, and and more often times than not, I wanted the people who wrote the articles to not be like writers. I wanted them to be the people that are involved in those cultures. So, um, hmm. you know, for example, uh, Josh Boots, you know, legendary Alaskan rapper, like he wrote Bro, the forward. Love to, Boots. Oh yeah. Oh Forever. my gosh. Dude, he's the man. Dude, I saw him the other day at Club Paris and I kind of got like star starstruck. And I even like yeah. was like talking to my wife. I was like, holy crap, Josh Boots just walked in. And she's like, Oh, I love Josh Boots. And I was like, Me too. So we, we have a <laughs> newfound love for Josh that we didn't know we had. So yeah, Josh bringing couples together. But yeah, that's cool. I love that idea. Yeah. And so working 
working with them and making sure that their voice shined through. So that that's always been another thing of mine is in any of my articles that I've done, there's always like these big block paragraphs because I'm always or I've always been really interested in like voices, you know, the the words that people decide or choose to use help define them as a person, mm. you know, and it and it's very specific to the stories that they're telling. And so, you know, when you, um, you know, as a journalist, whether you're a newspaper journalist or a magazine journalist um, and you you edit things to clarify, like you edit down uh, quotes, right? Like you're sanitizing that yeah. person's voice. And, and in a way it's, it's a form of censorship, whether, you know, whether it's harmful or not. And it really homogenizes the voices. And so, so kind of getting back to the whole podcasting and the whole audio experience is I just love being able to get people's voices. You can hear every single thing. It's, it's being said how that person mm. would want it to be said because they're saying it. Yeah. And you're not editing at all. No, I think what I do is is because um, I've been asked this question before, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna start paying attention to how much I edit. Yeah. And I came to the realization that I edit about like if if it's a heavily edited episode, it's usually about two minutes, which is pretty negligible. Like <laughs> oh, wow. that's like that's just cutting out like some ums, yeah, some long pauses, excuse me, things like that. Yeah. Oh wow. See, that's something that well, I think. Uh takes a lot of time that people don't understand and is like taking out the ums like i do that with videos all the time and people are like i say um a lot i'm like don't worry about it because there's this thing called editing that's amazing <laughs> but um okay well well that's cool you, you know you've been you've been doing a lot of stuff you were in the the print world phase and then now you're kind of in the podcasting phase now i want to kind of even go back a little even farther so how did you even get into like journalism and the the print world and the design world and the, you know the independent journalism world like how'd you get your start probably by just asking too many questions and annoying my parents cool great <laughs> great answer great answer <laughs> annoying parents um well let's see i guess you know what was really interesting is this was a while back and i was up at my parents house and my mom was cleaning out like her and my dad's room, like just doing some spring cleaning. And there was a stack of books on like her vanity. And she's like, oh, hey, you should look in that stack. There's a book with one of your stories in it. And I was like, one of my stories. I was like, OK. So I like, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember any of my stories being in an actual book. And so I start going through it and I'm like, what, which one of these books is it? She's like, it's the. It's like the the Christian book or the Catholic book. That's what it was. It was, and I was like, what story? And, and so I went through it, and what it was is it was a fiction story that I had written in elementary school that got chosen to be put in this this book of like religious stories uh, in a Catholic, you know, kind of uh, anthology, you know, of of like uh, like youth stories. And was it was chicken soup? It. Was it chicken soup? No, no, it wasn't. No, it was. Bible. It was. It was called the Bible, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Cody five twelve. Read it. <laughs> oh man. It's called the Bible. Stephen, get with it. Yeah. It's this little book. You may have heard of it. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I, I was going through that, and I, I like 
honestly like just vaguely remember even like the story existing. I don't remember writing it. I was super young, but my, I guess my point is in telling you that is it's, I guess I just have always been interested in like the arts and telling stories and capturing those stories. Mm. And then kind of fast forward to high school, I'm writing for my school newspaper and really enjoying that whole process. And I think my teacher was uh, Miss Dietrich actually. And she was great. You know, just really kind of nurtured that idea of like a newsroom, but kind of applying it to a classroom setting, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm because you can't really like, you know, no smoking, no drinking, (laughs) you know, like old school, (laughs) you know, newsrooms. That was kind of my introduction to like journalism, journalism. And then going off to college, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, that'll be my major is journalism. And then so I, I went to school for journalism and got a degree in that. And then throughout college, I was just, you know, writing for my school newspaper. And so that, that was cool, too, because I, I had my um, I got experience with an editor. And that was super important. Mm. Where, where did you go to college? UNR, University of Nevada, Reno. Oh, right on, right on. I was thinking about like we were reading your story about when you, you were younger and and the the car crash that you got in actually as a young child how that mm-hmm. kind of probably shaped a lot of just reading that story i sent it to steven i'm like Man, yeah just want to point out really... we we did our research cody so we're we journalists yeah, sounds like it. we're independent journalists in our we're own investigative way. journalists yeah. we're getting down yeah. to the truth um i was just i mean i'm thinking about you because i've heard your name for years like just in different things and i don't want to brag but i did work at hilltop as my first job. Oh, nice. And Shout out to Hilltop. Was, it's a local hill here in Anchorage. <laughs> uh, but I got my first job there at 16. And so reading all this stuff about you, I was like, man, he was probably there at the same time I was. I, was, I wasn't a good snow, snowboarder or anything like that. But um, I was just reading all this stuff that you found kind of your passion in skate and snow. And then you were using your your journalism interest in this to kind of like I don't know. I always see skateboarders and snowboarders telling stories with like video, but I don't mm-hmm. read a lot about it. You know, mm-hmm. like I had Transworld and all those magazines oh, back in the day. Trans- oh, Snowboarder. Man. And it was mm-hmm. always the pictures and videos and nothing. I don't, I don't remember as a younger person ever reading much, but now I'm, I read more than I look at pictures. I would say it's, it's almost the opposite so mm-hmm. um all that just to get back to that story of of this wreck you were in as a as a child i i want to hear kind of did that shape you in a lot of ways into um you know sometimes near death situations can can kind of make people pivot or change how they look at stuff and just reading that story i was like man that had to affect him in a, in a large way and mm-hmm. so Give me give me some insight into like this this wreck and where you were before that and maybe how that changed you after. I think that before that wreck, I don't know if I can pinpoint it directly to that wreck, but I was kind of a little asshole, you know, before that. <laughs> like, you know, growing up in a situation where, you know, your dad owns this snowboard and skateboard shop, Borderline, that just mm-hmm. was 
monumental, you know, for Alaska. It, it spawned so many professional skateboarders, professional snowboarders. It nurtured the snow and skate culture in Alaska. I mean, it was, you know, the magazines, the ones that you guys just mentioned, snowboarder, transworld snowboarding, mm. like those magazines were like, what the hell are they going, those are, what the hell are those Alaskans doing up there, you know? And, right, right. you know, we had, we had our own snowboard camp. And so having all of that surrounding you and, and having people talk to you a certain way and even revere this thing that you are intimately a part of, it shapes you, you know, it's just, it's almost yeah. similar to being a child actor. You know, there's a reason Macaulay Culkin was the way he was, you know, because sure. he's being told to, to be this way. And he's being revered at a, at an age where you're, you're too immature to be able right. to, uh, make sense of it. And so, so long story short, I think that, I don't know if it was because of the car accident or, because some switch went off, I, I just turned into like a nicer person, you know, and maybe maybe I, it's because I have like traumatic brain injury or something. I'm not sure. Right. But but I just I, you know, I became more thoughtful, I think. Yeah, because I, I could see that as a, a child where you kind of I mean, for lack of a better phrase, maybe you were privileged in a lot of way in that mm -hmm. industry. And, you know, a lot of people kind of give you credit for, you know, whatever, you're you're a kid, you know, we mm -hmm. all are silly kids, but the the Cody I'm talking to right now and have talked to in the past, I, I would not assume, I mean, you're very humble, very polite, you know, it's like we all kind of changed from when we were kids and how we acted, but I, I just figured that a, a car wreck like that at such an age where, you know, you're probably you know, thinking, what am I going to do this next summer? All this stuff, or mm -hmm. am I going to snowboard? And then you mm -hmm. get seriously injured. Um, is your dad a pretty funny guy? Oh, Just yeah. The, no, he's hilarious. Yeah. Because <laughs> my favorite, my fa I was reading it, and I'm like, God, this is awful. And then I, I read this part about you getting your catheter removed. And, yeah. and your dad says you might want to just leave it in it makes it look bigger and I was like oh boy <laughs> oh man I was like that is such a good a good line and such a good like dad joke that borderlines yeah. on you know it's it's appropriate it's not appropriate but it's appropriate you know it's just yeah, totally. that's good stuff and I mean it's a perfect reply from a dad I think and so that story I just I thought was really well written and I figured that, you know, ha had to leave a mark on you. I mean, forgive the, the physical marks. I'm sure it did, but that's a very key thing to happen at 13. Mm. Um, so, uh, thank you for that insight. Cause that's, I feel like, like you said, you might've switched from being kind of a privileged child to after that being may maybe more thankful just to be alive. Mm -hmm. You know, I I've also given it thought, you know, as I've gotten older and I've never, I've never let the fact that that was such a near death experience escape me. You know, I've always been very aware that it was a near death mm -hmm. experience. And in some way I've always, I've always thought that, you know, the rest is extra after that, you know, that, sure. that might've been the moment that I should have died. And mm -hmm. ever since then, I need to make the most of it, you know, and I think that that's um, for better or for worse. One of the reasons why I, 
I work so hard on these podcasts where it's like, I mean, it's sometimes it's gross. Sometimes my wife's just like, you need to freaking chill. Like, let's watch an episode of Law and Order. Let's like right. just dun, calm dun. down. Yeah, exactly. SVU. Yeah, great show. But yeah. um, he's a singer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a man of many talents. Yeah. But yeah, so so everything else is extra after that. You know, mm. it 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 should have ended back then, or maybe it shouldn't have. I, I you know who am I to say? And ever since then, I've, I've been very, you know, aware of my time, if mm. that makes any sense. Yeah. That, that actually, yeah. that, I was going to ask a question, but it kind of covers it because I was like, you know, all three of us, we've had different mm, adventures, right? Entrepreneurial endeavors or whatever. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've all been in the social media game, but you consistently keep going. And I was actually like, one of the things I was like, what what defines your drive right and i guess that kind of answers it like you know you're just pursuing this goal right and so i was like what is something that like really ultimately defines your drive like what really can you turn it back to is it that that car crash is that you're like you're thankful to be alive because for me like i still i mean i feel like i get burnt out because, but you're doing so much. You have so many, like I said earlier in podcasts, like you have so many irons in the fire. Like, how do you kind of keep it all straight? And how do you keep going at it? So my dad, you know, the one who started Borderline with his with his brother, uh, Jay Liska. So Scott Liska and Jay Liska are the two two founders of Borderline. Watching my dad and being raised by that insane person um, <laughs> just just helps define like my ambition um, because he, he went from doing borderline that closed in, I think 2004, 2006. And then from right afterwards, you know, he didn't really take like a break. He's like, all right, I'm going to do Alaska surf adventures now. And then, so then he had another venture where he's, you know, taking people out surfing, hunting and fishing out of Seward. And so it was just like watching him just never quit, you know? So Mm. it's like, you know, right when one thing ends, you're on to the next, or maybe something isn't working. So you pivot, you know, and that's, that's what like, I guess, um, I just read this book and I forget the name of it, but it's about visionary companies, you know, and, and that's what these legacy companies that have been around for hundreds of years have been doing, you know, they pivot, they, you know, maybe they, they get into the industry as making one thing, but then they're making something totally different in three years because they know how to pivot and they know what needs to be done in order to keep going. Mm. I love that. Yeah. That that's, that's kind of funny because kind of the next thing we wanted to talk to you about is kind of like what's down the road for Cody Liska. Like, and maybe more specifically, like how far down the road do you think, do you kind of think only in a year or do you kind of have the five-year plan? And like, do you foresee having to pivot again in the near future because of different outlets that are coming? Um, you know, are we going to see the Cody Liska TikToks? Oh, you're going to pop up in my algorithm. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, you guys just heard my singing voice with Law and Order, so I don't know well, if luckily I'm built it's, uh, for it. You only have to mouth it, so that's that's well, the positive. And also, on TikTok. <laughs> it's not just about singing on TikTok. There's dancing. Yeah. Uh, there's magic. There's, there's all sorts of stuff. <laughs> there's magic. Kyle, close. is your algorithm showing magic, magic tricks? Uh, I mean, I have seen my fair share of Shin Lim on there, and that guy is amazing. So, oh, shout man. out to Shin Lim. I don't know who that is, so I gotta look him up. Step after. it up, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, like your what's what's down the road, or what would you like to see yourself kind of like doing in the near or or long future? Let's see. So, I I do have an answer for this, and it's I don't look it's top too secret. Far into the future. I get it. It's yeah. top secret, and this is the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beep. Yeah. We just lost Cody, everybody. We just lost Cody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I was doing the magazine, what I realized was waking up and thinking about needing, you know, 15 to 20 articles and so many photos and captions, mm, all yep. of that is, like, debilitating, oh, you know? Gosh, so yeah. Agreed. So, Agreed. <laughs> so what I... I came up with was small goals, you know, small goals are really, really helpful to like your mental and your physical health. And so I really just work week to week, you know, this week I'm working on this crude podcast, you know, next week I'm working on an episode of chatter marks for the Anchorage museum. And then, you know, in those two weeks, I'm in, I'm also interviewing people. So I'm also, writing questions before those interviews, like spending anywhere between like two and three hours researching and writing questions and making sure that the wording in those, those questions, this gets really kind of neurotic, but, uh, you know, making sure that those, those words, like every word is exactly how I want it to be said. And then practicing those questions by reading them out loud and then asking my wife, like, does this, questions suck and then she's like it doesn't suck that bad let's yes. make it less sucky you know <laughs> yeah. so, i so love that you know it's a process <laughs> let's make it less sucky that's yeah. a, that's that should be a t-shirt man the next cruise t-shirt. T-shirt. sucky <laughs> yeah and so beyond that so like you're saying you have a lot of short-term goals does your mind ever d- does it wander out beyond the year or a couple of year phases to an extent yeah, I guess I I have like dreams, you know. You know, when sure. I listen to um I don't know, like talk podcasts like uh Mark Marin, WTF. Mm, yeah. like, this would yep. be cool. This would be awesome to, you know, have my own shed in the back and be yeah. able to to have people, you know, fly to me to be interviewed uh or maybe yeah. that's where I do my remote interviews. Um so yeah, I mean that that's a really cool thought, but at the same time, I've learned to like not not really set my sights on those goals because rarely in my life has or have things turned out the way that I wanted them to be. You know, there was a point right. back in like, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015 when I was doing the Crude magazine and I was like, man, this is so this would fit so perfectly with vice, you know, it'd be so yeah. cool if they bought this. And then now looking back, I'm like, that's, that was such a silly thought because it was such a, I mean, those, those magazines are amazing and I, I'm so glad they exist and I wouldn't trade doing them for anything. But for me 
to think that a massive organization like Vice would have even known about Crude, even though I, I sent them magazines and I, I kind of like directed, who should I send these to? You know, who are the editors in chief and who can I realistically reach? You know, sending mm-hmm. them to them. Um, but realistically, like, who was I to think that they were ever going to be interested enough to buy or it would ever reach somebody you know, to buy. And so you were dreaming, I mean, man. Yeah. Yeah, yes. of course. And I don't think that we should not dream. Yeah. You know? You're dreaming big. And I love that. Yeah. I've, I think me and Steven and I both suffer from exactly what you describe as we like, it almost deters us from making long-term goals because yeah. it's like, you should be in the, the day to day, just almost finding a routine that you love and grinding that out. And the results will come versus being like, you know what? I, in seven years, I want to be doing exactly yep. this because I feel like how many times have we done something that we just automatically change our seven-year goal every week because it's <laughs> it's kind of moving the goalpost to be like, you know what? Actually, I kind of want to start a podcast. Nope, I'm starting a YouTube channel now, and I'm doing <laughs> this. And so it's like yeah. you almost have to kind of get in the daily it almost love what you do every day and then the results will come over time, but don't get stuck in the the future too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that the reality of success lies in perseverance and producing quality material because mm-hmm. at least in my experience, the people that I have, I have followed, whether they're, you know, professional athletes or, you know, journalists or whatever. Um, the reason that they're successful now and they've been able to be successful without like selling out or doing maybe things that I would deem like, I don't know, like that I would never pursue because I, I wouldn't, wouldn't feel good about it. Um, they have done that through perseverance and continuously making quality things. Yeah. Like this quote that I just made up just now, you know, it's not the destination, <laughs> it's the journey. Um, smart. Like You're that so is kind of, I know. I mean, I'm a wordsmith. <laughs> but it's like that really sounds cliche and cheesy, but it is kind of that whole thing of loving what you do and not worrying about, you know, success or money and all these things that, Frankly, I think people run into on accident or get lucky for the most part. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that are doing great things that will never find money and never find success the same way, you know, some of these ultra successful people do. And it's it's not worth worrying about, in my opinion. So it's, you know, Mm -hmm. loving what you do is the real goal. Mm, That was so beautiful, Kyle. Uh, It's not the destination. It's the journey. Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Redding. (laughs) <laughs> Next time you guys yeah. see me, I have the tattoo. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Guys, I did it. <laughs> Just says unknown below it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be even more uh, hurtful. Yeah. So it's like a slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Cody, we thank you for your time to come with uh, over and just hang out with us and talk about your what you got going on and what you got going on in the future now we want to wrap this up now since this is our first you know big interview right this is our first person we're having Huge. on the podcast that's not just me and kyle literally this is like we're into like 70 plus episodes right now and you're the yeah. the third voice that people are going to hear that's it like it's just been me and kyle oh, that's so awesome 
Yeah, so you are yeah. the 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 third honorary go fix yourselfer. Um, but we asked you to bring two things that you've been you know because we we love talking about pop culture, what we consume, what we're watching, what we're reading. Um, that's a big part of this podcast, and so we were kind of curious. What are two things that you've been enjoying or consuming or, you know, just maybe it's a TV show, a book, uh, an iPhone app, you know, a, a podcast, you know, what uh, what are you enjoying? Let's see. So I read I read quite a few books. Um, I'm reading this book right now that, that I'm enjoying. I like uh, social psychology books or, you know, um, yeah, so yeah, social psychology books. I, I think they're probably called, but this book that I've been meaning to read for years is called "The Three Christs of Ypsilanti," and what this psychologist did was he took three men who um, were were in institutions and believed to be Christs and put them together, and oh, wow. you know, just just kind of not really sat back, but mediated the outcome, you know, and, and, uh, noted it. So that, that's been pretty interesting. I always, I always like, which one is Judas? Was it this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Was this the podcast? Yeah. It's it's this podcast right now. Yeah. We're the three people that think we're Christ. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. There we go. (laughs) That's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. This is it guys. So is there any, uh, psychologists that you uh like looking into more reading strictly their stuff um because i've always been fascinated just in clinical psychology all that kind of stuff is fascinating to me just learning how the mind works um let's see because my my tastes are kind of all over the place i think maybe i really like mary roach she did uh oh my gosh that book about bodies that I, I've read a while back. Um, let me see. Here it is. I'm gonna look it up really quick. Stiff: The Curious mm. Life of Human Cadavers. I read that. I oh. read that when I was pretty young, and I was like, you know, that actually might have been a book that really made me want to be a journalist. And also, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. That okay, book yeah. is just incredible because it's this journalist who kind of insinuates himself in in Savannah, Georgia, and the characters that he encounters are just absolutely wild. What's some garbage you will watch? You know, like what's some decompression? Like some garbage. I mean, you uh, know, like trash TV. Garbage. You know, you yeah. gotta have a show. Okay, so fiance. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, but I Amen. am a huge horror fan. I've been watching horror oh, movies boy. since like I was real young and I absolutely This is why we're doing part 2. Yeah. <laughs> love love horror movies and so uh I just watched The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari uh for the very first time that that German um expressionism movie it's like it's it's seen as like one of the very first horror movies it's a silent film yeah, it is just it it looks It's uh, incredible. It's one of those Oh man, what is it? It's like not animation, but it's like not realistic or something like that. I remember seeing this and seeing it's it on the, the sets. list. The sets are very, yeah, very like otherworldly. Yeah, I feel like Tim, but you know, okay, uh, here Tim Burton doctor. style. 
almost. But that I think is it's so funny. Horror movies are the the perception of horror movies from critics and from like the general audience is always so funny because that movie is seen as like high culture now, you know. But but it's because mm-hmm. it's so old. I, I think that it's kind of like that idea of old stuff is classic, you know, right. and people look Which back on it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which means it's good. Yeah. But I will give you guys something that I personally loved, but it didn't get great reviews. But I there were there were times where it was so like brutal and relentless that it was just it's just a straight up horror movie. You know, it's not trying to be high horror. It's not trying to be, you know, have some underlying message, which those are great. But sometimes you just need, you know, some candy. And yeah. the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix, I just oh, absolutely yeah. loved really? it. Really? Yeah. I watched I watched that one not too terribly long ago, I believe. It's the one where they're at like the uh, they buy the little town, mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of like trying to make it a trendy like uh, market. Kind of all these stores, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, isn't it like super gory? Super gory, yeah. and it just the ending to me. I just. In horror movies, I absolutely love those types of endings. And um, Jeepers Creepers, I don't know if you oh, guys yeah. remember oh, yeah. that old oh, one. Yeah. That just had such an amazing ending where you oh, weren't yeah. expecting it because, you know, for a long time in horror movies, the um, the studios were like, it needs to have a positive ending. You know, it can be it can be scary to a up to, it can be scary to a point during the movie, but the good guys gotta win. And I remember. Right. Um, watching jeepers creepers oh man and the bad guy wins in the end and you're like holy shit this is this is incredible I, I wasn't used to this i wasn't expecting this actually when i um i've known my my wife since we were in middle school and when jeepers creepers came out i remember we had this moment and she hates horror movies which actually makes the moment <laughs> That's even perfect. more of a yeah. moment. My, my wife too my wife too and said something like Oh, I love Jeepers Creepers. And she she finished kind of the sentences is she said, because the bad guy won. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found my soulmate. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> well, we're definitely gonna have to have you on for part two. Uh because just, horror movies. just talk about horror movies, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, just talk to just the two old guys in our thirties trying and to our fix moms. us and our moms. <laughs> Shout out to moms. Um, but where can our listeners go check you out? Where do you want them to, you know, keep up with you? You know, where where can they find yeah. you? Yeah, just wherever you get your podcast. Just Crude Conversations is the podcast that I started for Crude Magazine, what the physical magazines have transformed into. And Chattermarks is the podcast of the Anchorage Museum and you can find both of those on streaming services. Just search Crude Conversations or Chattermarks. Perfect. Well, Cody, thank you again. I uh, appreciate it. And we'll look forward to part two. Right on. Well, there you have it, guys. There is our interview with Cody Liska from the Crude Empire. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Steven and I were ecstatic to sit down with him and learn all about the stuff that he does. Uh, if you guys would do us just a big old solid and go over to our Instagram at Go Fix Yourself Podcast. And you know what? Give us a little bit of love, a little bit of hate. Share yeah. the picture that we're going to be tagging with this uh, episode. You, you know you know what I'm thinking? 
uh, what, Kyle. What are you? So are after you we, well, I hit, I stopped hitting record. Uh, Cody shared with us that he is a horror movie fan. Now, that is something I'm like, oh man, this would have been great for the podcast. But I'm like wondering if we should like get like his top three uh, like favorite horror movies and post that on our Instagram and be like, hey, you know. Cody's a, an avid horror fan as well. Like, hey, go watch these movies, what he likes. So let me, let's talk to him about that. But I think that might be kind of fun. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of going to our Instagram. We are going to be posting there more. Uh, it's going to be like our notes kind of. So, like, if you if we're talking about something visual and then it's like, oh, well, the great guys, this is an audio podcast. Well, go over to our Instagram and that'll help you kind of have add the visual aspect to it. Yeah. In our Instagram, you'll find the link to our Twitter, which will have the link to our Facebook page. And there <laughs> it's just going to be a never endless <laughs> link clicking until oh. you get to the pictures. But once again, thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Go Fix Yourself. If you enjoy this kind of podcast where we are interviewing people let us know that or you know what if you just want to hear steven and i just talk about dick jokes relationships <laughs> depression all of the above let us know that too and we will see you next week bye thanks for tuning in kyle and steven will be back with a new episode next week in the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.